Well, welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of love, family, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Christopher Robbins, husband, father of nine, founder of Familius Fly Fisherman, and outdoor enthusiast living in the beautiful California Central Valley. For the video of this podcast, please view it on the Familius YouTube channel. We welcome today's guest, Denise Merrick. Now, Denise is internationally known as the worry management expert and the creator of the CALM methodology for worry-free living. As a sought-after lecturer, consultant, and writer, Denise equips individuals around the globe with strategies to reduce stress, worry less, and bounce back from adversity. Denise is the author of Calm for Moms, Worry Less in Four Simple Steps, and Calm, a proven four-step process designed specifically for women who worry. She also teaches Calm Online, an online training program that provides strategies for letting go of worry, reducing stress, and creating a happier life. She lives in Ontario, Canada. She is a mother of two daughters, Lindsay and Brianna, and a nana of now three grandsons and a four-week-old granddaughter. Today, we're talking about managing goals and expectations for the new year, particularly for busy and our overworked mothers. This podcast aligns with the Familius Habits Learn Together. You can learn more about the Familius 10 Habits of Happy Families by going to the Habit Hub blog on Familius.com. Denise, again, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's really nice. It's refreshing to be with you. Well, that's very kind of you to say. Now, we might be worried about this coming new year. We might be worried about all sorts of things, but I know that we, a new year, new you, we might want to be setting some goals and we're here to have you help us. So what's some, maybe the first thing you recommend we do when we approach the new year and want to start setting expectations and goals? I think one of the first things that we can do is just stop for a moment and reflect on the past year. So what have been some of the successes and what have been some of those challenges? What are some of your mom stressors? And this is the great time to get everything out on paper. Don't limit yourself. And also don't try to sort it out in your head. Be dedicated, get that piece of paper and start writing everything down. Victories, successes, blocks, stresses, whatever's in your mind, reflect on that past year. And doing this is going to be the start of mining the gold to get your goal accomplished. So what I mean by mining the gold is oftentimes our goal is buried in all of our doubts and frustrations and you know obstacles are things that we think we can't do. So to mine the gold, the first step we have to do is get it out of the earth. And that's the first part of reflecting back on the year. All you're doing is starting to look for what is that problem that I want to start to solve. And that's the first step in, in mining for your gold and your goals. <laughs> okay. So I'm understanding. Let's just assess the last year. What did we like? What did we not like? What, where were our happy moments? Where were our stressful moments? And it sounds like in identifying those, we might choose to, maybe there's something we can stop doing that'll give us time to do something else. Yes. Cause there's two kinds of goals that we can set. One of those goals is freeing us from a problem or a challenge. And one goal is pulling us to achieving something that we might desire to achieve. So for instance, overcoming a problem or challenge might be, well, I want to manage my time better because I'm finding I'm not having enough time with my children. I'm finding there's stress at work and it's reducing my patience with my kids. 
So these are the stressor goals and self-care goals that we can take care of. And a lot of times at New Year's, people set goals of things they want to achieve. Like I want to go on a vacation or I want to buy a house or I want to do these kinds of lose weight is a common one as well. So it's really identifying where you are and what kind of goal is it that you want to achieve? Do you want to learn ways to stress less so that you could be more present with your kids? Or is it something that's saying, I want to go on a vacation with my children? So there is a, a little bit of a difference. Are you trying to get away from a problem or are you trying to go towards something? And neither one is wrong. It's just the identification process of what's really weighing you down. Because oftentimes we have problems, we have stresses, we have these, these things that are going on in our lives that are consuming far too much time and energy than we care to admit. So I'll go to a common one that many, many moms have, which is the weight loss industry. And we know that's a billion dollar industry and people often at New Year set the goal that they want to lose weight. So if weight is something and your health is something that's been really weighing on your mind because you're saying, okay, now I don't like getting dressed in the morning. Now I'm feeling irritable. Now I'm, you know, not eating properly today, so I'm not getting the sleep I need. So that could be a good goal to start with, but then we have to break it down into bite-sized pieces. Okay, that's really helpful. So now let's talk about setting realistic and achievable goals, because sometimes we set these goals and then we get into it, we're so excited, and then we, you know, maybe we fail a couple of times and then we just give up on them because maybe they weren't even realistic. Maybe they weren't achievable. So help us there. Yeah. So the big thing is, and we've heard it time and time again, you have to identify your why. Why do you want to achieve this goal? And then you can create a vision statement for yourself. So why is this goal important to you? And again, you know what? Goal setting is hard work because identifying the why is not easy. So again, take another piece of paper and say, why do I want to achieve this goals? Is it actually that you want to achieve it or is someone else telling you that you should be achieving it? And then write yourself a list. By the end, you might determine, you know what? That's actually not the goal I want to work on this year. I want to work on something else that was on that earlier list. So get very clear and specific on your why. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be another page. So like I said, goal setting is like creativity. It's very, very hard work. It's not for the faint of heart. So on this next page, you're going to ask yourself, let me see what I have here because I wrote some things down. Oh, yes. Overcoming your own objections and your own excuses. This is a big one. You might have a fantastic goal that you know, I really want to achieve this. If I achieve this, my relationship with my children is going to be better. If I achieve this, my relationship with my own mental health is going to be improved. My relationship with my spouse is going to be improved. I really need to achieve this goal. Then our own thoughts can get in the way and we might start saying, well, you know what? I don't even think I can do it. So we have to really be on the lookout for our self-doubt. So if there's something you want to achieve, first of all, it's not too late. I'm back in college full-time at the age of 54. So it is not too late. And secondly, challenge those I can'ts. I read a book many years ago called The Gift of Fear. And the author's name, I believe, was Gavin DeBecker. And he was talking in his book about how circus elephants are trained. And when elephants are, are little baby elephants, what they do to train this circus elephant is they'll tie one of their back legs to a rope or a chain, and then they attach that to a stake that's driven deep into the ground. Now, of course, a little baby elephant is still pretty big, but it's just not strong enough to get free from this chain. But you'll see that it struggles and tries day after day after day. It's trying to get free. It's trying to get free. 
And then eventually over time, the ele- it seems as though the elephant says, okay, I cannot get free. And so it gives up, stops trying. So what happens, of course, over time, as an elephant grows into an enormous creature that now has the power to tear down an entire circus tent. But what's happened is when it feels anything tied around one of its back legs, it doesn't even try to get free. So its thoughts become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So when we're going after our goals, we need to be on the lookout for those I can'ts and challenge them. Because whatever it is you're trying to achieve, you in this very moment, listening to this podcast, you are stronger, wiser, smarter, more capable than you've ever been before. If something hasn't worked for you in the past, try again. If it's a goal that's very important to you, try again. So all of those moments of self-doubt, it's important. Again, write them down. They are so controlling. Your self-doubt is so controlling in your mind. I like to think uh, self-doubt hijacks your goals. Don't let it be stealth about it. Write it down and say, hey, you know what? This is what I'm thinking right now. Maybe you have a goal that you want to achieve and you're thinking, "Mm, well, I'd like to do that with my family. I'd like to be able to provide that for my kids, but I don't have the money. Don't let that stop you. In fact, I came across in one of my courses that I'm taking at school, I came across four questions to ask yourself. So Mm -hmm. in those moments, ask yourself how to, how to get more money to achieve that goal that I want to, how to, how can I do that? And the next one is how might I? Another question to ask yourself, in what ways might I be able to? So instead of saying, I can't do it, In what ways might I be able to do it? And then what might is another good question starter to help you break free from those doubts. So what you're doing is in essence, you're identifying the roadblocks that you're telling yourself, and then you're asking yourself a question around it. So what might I do to be able to get around this roadblock? Those are great ideas. You're helping us understand that we can can reframe how we're thinking about our own life and what we want to accomplish. So often we feel, I couldn't do that, but let's stop right there. Just not be tethered to that that metaphorical stake in the tent. We need to question that. It reminds me of just of two quotes. One was by Goethe and one was a, of a gentleman entrepreneur when I was very young who taught me this. So Goethe said, whatever you believe you can do, begin it. Genius has power, boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. So we have to just begin. And then this gentleman taught me, says, there is no chance, no fate, no destiny that can circumvent or hinder or control the resolve of a determined soul. <laughs> oh, it's I true. Love both of them. We need it's to be true. determined. Now, let's let this great help. So now you talked at the beginning about the stresses. Now, goals can cause stress. Life can cause stress. A lot of us struggle with anxiety and stress. Do you have some good ideas for reducing stress as we're looking at this next year? Yes. And that's a really great question because one of the goals could be stress reduction strategies. So again, you would look back at that original list. What are my stressors? What are my problems? Maybe on that list, you'll say, Hey, you know, what has been stressing me out all of this clutter. When you're a parent, there's a lot of mess. There's a lot of toys. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of schoolwork papers. There's so much mess. So if this is the case, one of the ways to help you reduce your stress is to get rid of clutter. Because have you ever noticed that when your is disorganized, your mind also feels disorganized? 
So a really good place to begin sorting through that stress is by dealing with the clutter in your mind. So here's how you can start. You can ask yourself, okay, I'm only going to keep what I need, use, or love. So it's more of a statement, not a question. I'm only going to keep what I need, use, or love. Now, here's the challenge. Let's say you have a goal now and you're like, you know what? In the new year, I'm going to get rid of some clutter. Worry can often stop us from getting rid of the clutter. So this is what it looks like. Imagine you say, I'm going to clean out that closet that's just been making me so stressed every time I see it. Oftentimes what we do is we pull everything out into the space and then we pick the first thing up and we think, hey, I forgot I had this and I might need it someday. That's one of the most common worry thoughts that stops people from getting rid of clutter. What if I need it someday? So then we say, okay, well, I better keep this because I might need it someday. And then we put it into the keep pile. And then we take the next thing out and we go, oh, wow, this, I forgot I had this too, but it was broken, but I could get it fixed and I might need it someday. And the worst one of all is we, we'll pick something out of our clutter pile. We don't even know what it is. We, it, maybe it's a key that unlocks a door, but we don't know what door it unlocks or it's a plastic doohickey or a cord. We don't know what it belongs to, but we might find out and we might need it someday. And so then we put it into the keep pile. And then what you end up doing is putting everything just back into the space and you're just as cluttered as you were before. So when this worry thought stops you from achieving your goal of getting organized and decluttered, ask yourself this, instead of asking, what if I need it someday? Ask yourself, when is the last time I actually used it? Because experts will say that if you haven't used something in the past 12 to 18 months, chances are pretty good that you're not going to need it in the future because all of the seasons have just passed by. (laughs) But I do understand about what happens. We declutter. Maybe we donate some items to someone who needs it more than we do. And then the next week or the next month, you're like, oh, I could use that. I knew I could have. I should have kept it. Well, instead of allowing that thought to stop you from decluttering in the future, ask yourself, would I have known where to find it or even known that I owned it if I hadn't decluttered in the first place? Now, again, I did use that rule of thumb 12 to 18 months, but as parents, I'm not suggesting if you haven't used something like a car seat or a stroller in the past 12 to 18 months and you plan on having more children, that's not included in the list because you might need it in the future if you are planning to have have a child. That's why you ask yourself, do I need it, use it, or love it? I love it. Albert Hubbard once said, if it's not beautiful, if you haven't used it in the last six months, get rid of it. <laughs> you've given us a little bit longer time than that. I love this seasonality. If you've gone through all the seasons, what's the point? Great advice. Now, let's talk about you know holding ourselves accountable. We need support to reach our goals. We also need to hold ourselves accountable to reach our goals. Can you help us there? Yes, absolutely. It is helpful to have accountability. But when you're looking for that accountability, again, this is something else I learned recently. Ask yourself, is that person an assister or a resistor? Mm. (laughs) So are they going to help me achieve my goal or are they going to block me? Because the reality is sometimes people who love you, it's, it's not that they don't love you or trying to hurt you. When you're trying to achieve your goal, sometimes it can trigger fear in themselves. They might think, oh no, you're going to outgrow me. You're getting stronger. You're getting smarter. And it can trigger something inside of them because It's a natural system for families to have what's called homeostasis. So everybody's trying to maintain the balance. So you need to be careful who you ask for that accountability. So for instance, let's say you know in the past you've been trying to stick to a healthy eating or some sort of diet program in the past, and maybe 
your mother-in-law kind of likes to force feed you. (laughs) So what do you do if you're somebody who doesn't like confrontation? You've said, oh, I'm on this diet. And and meanwhile, they're saying, just eat this cake. It's fine. I made this pie with so much love. Just eat it. Just eat it. Well, that would be someone who would be a resistor. So rather than telling them or sharing them that you're on a diet, you would save that for the people who support you. And instead, in that case, you could come equipped with things to keep you on track. So for instance, you could say, oh, you know what? I'm full after that delicious meal you made. And I would love to take a piece of your pie, a piece of your cake home with me. And I found that that just helps them to feel good. They think you're going to eat that cake later. You can give it to someone else who wants to eat the cake. And meanwhile, you're still staying on track. So just be careful who you ask for accountability. You want to make sure it's someone that's going to support you. And if, say, you're a single mom, say you are someone who doesn't really have someone in your life right now that's going to support your goals, look for other areas where you can find that support. So for instance, there are apps that help you to track your progress. There are a lot of Facebook groups with other moms who are trying to achieve certain goals. You would want to get searching around on Facebook to see what you can find there and join a group of other supportive moms who are sort of like-minded, who are trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve. I really love the assister versus resistor. Both of them have the term sister in them. <laughs> and as a bunch of mom, you know, women, you're, you're all sisters. So mm-hmm. we can be an assister to our sisters or a resistor to our sisters. So very clever. That wonderful idea. I was just thinking about the, your mother-in-law who's made the cake. You know, what her goal was, was to make the cake and have you enjoy it. And the fact that you've now invited her to give you a piece of cake that you can take home, you are an assister to her goal rather than a resistor. So you both have been satisfied. Brilliant. Thanks for sharing that. Okay. Now, I'm a backpacker and I love going into the mountains. And sometimes I'll hike, you know, 50 miles and and I'll climb a high mountain and I'll start at maybe 2,000 feet and have to get above 11. And I look up at that and it, it's like a metaphorical goal, right? It just seems so far and so high and so daunting. And I know what it feels like to have my heart rate just go up and just that next step. But then I've learned if I can just go up and then I look back and see how far I've come, it's amazing. So help us understand how, are there small wins that we can focus on that, that will help us achieve these goals that we set for the new year? Yeah. So if you break it down into bite-sized chunks, let's say I'll, I'll go back to using organization as an example. Your main goal wouldn't be, I want to organize my entire house because that's very overwhelming. So you would say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to organize this closet in my child's room and then make yourself a, a plan of attack. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to organize this area or this area, then this followed by this. I'm going to donate things to, to goodwill, local charities, those kinds of things. And then when you start checking off those smaller pieces, celebrate those wins and try to celebrate them with something that will fuel your self-care. So for instance, it might just be patting yourself on the back and saying, I'm so proud of you. Like you said, turning around and looking how far you've come and saying, wow, I did that. Take a before and after picture (laughs) of the clutter area and say, look at how far I've come. And also with those celebrations, think of self-care as opposed to I'll give you an example. Maybe if you've accomplished something big and you want to celebrate, go get a massage instead of champagne. Not that there's anything wrong with having a glass of champagne, 
but it can sometimes go against your self-care because even small amounts of alcohol can affect your sleep. Then the next day, you're not feeling so good about your accomplishment. Whereas if you went for a massage, the next day, you're still able to celebrate and feel really good about what you've done. That's really helpful. Okay, so let's just, let's review if I can remember this. So let's reflect on the past year and know what our stressors were and what things made us happy. Let's set realistic and achievable goals. Let's make sure that we set ourselves to be accountable, but let's look for it. Let's surround ourselves with assisters, not resistors. And let's make sure we celebrate those small wins that always happen. Did I sum it up or did I miss something? I did. No, that was great. That was well done. Well, Denise, as always, it's wonderful to speak with you. Where can our guests find you online? They can find me on Instagram at the Denise Merrick and also at denisemerrick.com. You know, I wish I could always be called the Christopher Robbins, but you are the Denise Merrick. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> well done. Well, as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familias for the support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review. And when you're ready for that next amazing book adventure, we'd be honored if you chose a book from Familias. One step at a time, one goal at a time, we can make the world a happier place.